0: you're a loyal listener to this podcast, you may have noticed that the episodes have been a bit sporadic lately and my every Thursday commitment to airing a new one has has just not been happening. So I am here today to tell you that there is a reason, a very good reason as far as I am concerned, and I hope you will agree. Among other things in my life at the moment, I'm trying to focus my productivity this summer on one big creative project, It's a book that I've been writing. The working title is Creating Your Pitch, a guide to writing and presenting a pitch that engages and Sells." Now, I have to admit, just saying that out loud to you makes me a bit queasy. Actually, more than a bit queasy. Because for me, by saying it out loud, I'm making a commitment to more than myself. I'm making it to you. It means I have to deliver. I can't change my mind. I can't hide all the pages I've done into a folder on my computer that I will forget what I called and not be able to find one day. I mean, really, who would have ever thought you could lose digital folders the way you can lose paper ones? But, you know, that's a subject for another day. Anyway, I am one of those people who, when I finally say out loud that I am going to do something, I have to do it. Self-imposed pressure, call it what you like. It helps me get stuff done. Now, I have been talking about this book for a very long time, but, you know, talking doesn't write a book. Writing does. To paraphrase one of my absolute favorite creativity writers, Steve Pressfield, and the author of The War of Art, which I'd highly recommend reading for any creative, it's about getting one's, excuse the expression, ass in the chair and just doing it. Now, I will have to say that I have a lot of this book done, and I know I can still make my self-imposed deadline of getting this finished by September. That's if I am productive with my time. And that is a big if. Uh, More on the book in future episodes. But my point now is that my creativity focus needs to be on writing and completing the book. You know, in addition to some of my current favorite productivity tools that I am going to share with you in a bit, there is no other way for me to be productive than focus and discipline. And now while it might sound like I just hit record and let things flow on any given episode, they all take planning and they tap into my creativity well. And, and, and I'm noticing that I can use that distraction as a form of what Steve Pressfield calls the resistance. Resistance can take many forms that distract us from focusing on the work. It could be doing the laundry, cleaning the house, scrolling TikTok videos. Trust me, I have done them all. And while podcasting is a form of creativity for me, I am realizing that worrying about planning out my future episodes of the show is becoming a form of resistance for me. Even when I am not planning them out, they're taking up space in my brain in the form of that thing that I need to do, but I'm not doing. Now, this is not to say that there will be no new episodes of marketing, mindfulness, and martinis from now until September. It just means they're going to be a little sporadic. I'm going to release the anxiety associated with making sure a new episode airs every single week. I will record as I connect with new guests and I'll intersperse some solos in with no pressure on myself. Which of course goes against all the marketing rules of quality and consistency in generating content. And it falls under the heading of do as I say, but not as I do. But hey, I'm a one woman show and I can do what I can. So now on to the topic of productivity. You know, one of the dirty little secrets about being productive is that you need tools, but you also need discipline and commitment, a lot of it. 10 years ago, it was clear that technology was starting to rule our lives instead of ruling technology. Although in retrospect, considering what is going on today, it seemed like a much quieter and simpler time 10 years ago. The tech was supposed to make our lives easier. But it turns out that that was an unproven hypothesis. Instead, it has complicated things, and it's given us a plethora of distractions that can take us away from the task at hand on any given day. Ten years ago, I was prompted to write a little book called It Takes an Egg Timer, what I call part guide and part manifesto, about how I manage things so that they not manage me and I could actually get things done. My secret sauce in that book is centered around a good old fashioned analog kitchen timer. And it still does. I'm using it right now to write out the script for what I want to say today. It's not complicated. I sit down, desk, chair, whatever's comfortable, and I set the timer for an hour and I'm not allowed to get up until the timer goes off. Now, as crazy as it sounds, the ticking noise sets a space for me to focus, but that's not enough to be productive anymore at least not for me. We're living in a world of distractions and a mass addiction to our smartphones. You combine that with the reality that like myself, more and more of us are juggling multiple sources of income and others are looking to find that balance between in-office days and work from home. You know, my kitchen timer system still works beautifully for me, but I'm constantly on the search for tools that help manage all the other stuff better the email, the calendar, the task list, blah, blah, blah. So I have more time to focus on creating my art as Seth Godin would say. And when I do sit down in front of my computer, my head is clear of distractions. So I wanna share with you a few of my current favorites and I will have links to all of this in the show notes. Spark is one of them. Now I was introduced to this app about a year ago from my friend and NYU colleague, Jack Rayham. He told me it would change my life and I did not believe him, but it's hard to argue with Jack. If you don't at least give it a try, he gets rather persistent. And in this case, he was right. So Jack, if you're listening, that's right. You were right. There are a host of things I love about spark. It aggregates all of my seven email accounts to one place. Yes, you heard that right. I have seven email accounts. Each one is necessary and with a specific purpose. It also allows me to create templates for emails that I send often. For example, there's an email I used to remind my podcast guests the day before recording a session. It lists all the details of what they need to prepare and of course includes the link. Spark also has a timer setting that allows you to write that draft and send it exactly on the day and time you want it to be sent. But perhaps one of my most favorite features of all is the later feature. If I don't want to respond to an email when I first read it, I can choose later and select the exact day and time when I want to address it. And this is especially helpful when I break my rule for not checking email before I go to sleep and see that someone emailed me at 11 o'clock at night. The later feature lets me send the email so it arrives like a fresh new message in the morning, lets me go to sleep without stressing that I might forget to respond. Fantastical is another game changer for me. True to its name, Fantastical is a calendar app on steroids. Now I started using this because I was tired of my task list being in one place and my calendar in another. Fantastical integrates with a number of other calendars and task apps, including iCalendar reminders. But what I really love is that I can see my calendar and my tasks on the same screen and it is accessible across all my devices. Now, while Calendly is great for things like scheduling a podcast, recording sessions, weeks in advance, Fantastical allows you to promote propose meeting dates. So if I am trying to set up a lunch date, I can look at my calendar for the next couple of weeks and propose a few meeting times. That can create a meeting link to send to my lunch partner. And once the person I've sent it to selects one of the dates that works for them, they accept and it pops right into my calendar. It eliminates so much back and forth and all those unnecessary emails and frees up time. Now, the one downside for Fantastical is that I am not as fond of the mobile version interface as I am of the desktop and iPad version. So if the folks at Fantastical are listening, they might want to work on that part. Notion is another fan favorite. Long before Notion became all the range, my friend, Jenny Blake, author and podcaster, who was on episode number 53, talking about her newest book, Free Time, which is all about creating time for the stuff you really want and need to be focusing on, opened my eyes to this nifty tool. Now, in my humble opinion, there is a big learning curve but it was a huge improvement for me over Evernote and does provide for a lot of consolidation of files. For example, I've been doing some freelance writing for Media Village, and I was able to create a database of the articles I'm working on that link to resources and contacts and keep track of invoices sent and when they're paid, all in one database. Notion can also be accessed from any device and has a team feature like a Trello or Asana, but in my opinion, is much more aesthetically pleasing and easy, easier to use. Now, Jenny, who is, in my opinion, the true high priestess of systems, created a dashboard in Notion from which she runs her entire business. And she's now created a template version and made it available to other small to medium-sized business owners. And so if you're interested in that, I'll put that link in the show notes and you can find out about more about how to get access to that. And then another one of my favorite productivity tools right now is the no social media mornings, And this is an experiment I've been running, although I admit not every single day that was inspired by an article I read. And I'll put the link to that article in the show notes as well. Alice LeMay stopped going on social media before noon every day, with the exception of LinkedIn and Medium, which in her case she deemed was necessary for business. She did this for an entire year, and she saw her productivity rise dramatically. You know, it, it's far too easy to wake up, go to your phone, check social media, and get lost in the addictiveness of the algorithms. And they are addictive. There's science to back that, provided you like me and believe in science. And lastly, there is that subject of commitment and discipline. You know, there's no one tool or one way of being more productive that works for everyone. Some people need noise around them to work and be creative and others just need total quiet. I apparently need the ticking sound of an analog kitchen timer. Many are more productive in the morning and others late at night. You have to experiment and find out what works best for you. Whatever that is, the one thing that is universal to getting stuff done is commitment and discipline. Otherwise, you can just accumulate a lot of unused apps on your laptop and unopened books on your bookshelf, and not a one was created by you. So while I'm going to stick to this menu of productivity tools, at least until my book is done, I am always looking to improve upon things. So if there's any ones that you particularly love and you think are worth giving a try, please send me a note at info at joannetombracus.com. That's all for now. Until the next time. Thanks so much for listening to Marketing Mindfulness and Martinis. If you liked what you heard, please share with your friends. Give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify so other people can find us. And hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. If you've got a question you'd like answered or a topic you'd like me to cover, please drop me a note info at joannetombracus.com. And until next time, remember, whatever got you to where you are isn't enough to keep you there.